Let's open our Bibles to page 1050. And I'm excited about what I'm going to be doing today. You know, I want to talk today about give thanks. Give thanks. You know, there are so many things in life that we know are the will of God, but there are many things in life that, that we don't, we couldn't say, well, I guarantee you 100% this is the will of God. In other words, there's not a Bible verse on it, and there are not any principles per se in the Bible taught that would give you some direction on that. There just are things that, that, uh, that we couldn't just put our hand on and say, uh, I'll go to the stake on it. This is the will of God because we can't back that up. That would just be our opinion. Now, when you get into those situations, there is a verse that helps me. You're on page 1050. It'll be just turn back just a page or two in your Bible. You'll be in the book of Colossians. That's the book that leads right up to this book. If you look in the book of Colossians, just back up, and you look in verse chapter number three, this, this is a verse you ought to remember, Colossians 3.15, Colossians 3.15. And it says, let the peace of God rule your hearts. Uh, that verse uh, really helps me many times because I'm trying to make a decision and I don't really have a Bible verse or Bible principles to help me make that decision. One of the ways that I try to come to a conclusion is I want to feel peace about my decision. Like if you're going to buy a car. I mean, it's not a verse in the Bible about, you know, if you ought to buy a car, you ought not to buy a car. You're going to buy a house or you're going to do whatever. But if you don't have peace about it, I really think that's one of the ways God has of saying, hey, this is probably not what you need to do. But if you have peace about it, you say, I, I really feel like that this is what I should do. It doesn't violate any Bible verses, doesn't violate any Bible principles. Now, there are multitudes of things, though, that in the Bible unquestionably are things that would be the will of God. You don't have to guess about them. You don't have to worry about them. And... Uh, you know, today we're going to look at one of those. I was thinking about, just I don't know how many it would be, but if you made a list of things in the Bible that you could go to and say, okay, here's something in the Bible that this clearly is the will of God, says so, says so, says so, says so. Says. Like, let's say if you made a list of 10. If you made a list of 10 things the Bible makes clear to be God's will, and then you said, okay, what would be the top two or three that as Christians, the Bible's very clear as the will of God, <laughs> what would be the top two or three that we probably mess up doing more than any of the others? I think the one that I'm looking at today would be in the top three. It may be number one or two, and that is giving thanks. We don't think much about that. We think about lying and stealing and not forgiving people. Well, all that would be true. But I think we would be amazed if we had some way of knowing how weak we are in the area of giving thanks. Now, if you look with me on page 1050, let's go back over in our Thessalonians book. Go to the very last chapter, chapter number 5. Uh, let me get in first, Thess first Thessalonians chapter number 5. Look in verse 18. It says, in everything, give thanks. And look at this. For this is the will of God. Like if somebody says, well, I don't know what's the will of God. Well, here's your verse. Giving thanks. It's the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, 
earlier in the book, in fact, if you just want to look at it and see it, if you turn back in chapter four, uh, this is a sermon for another time. Uh, but in chapter four and verse three, it says, this is the will of God. Here's another verse. Chapter four, verse three, this is the will of God. Your sanctification, that is a process by which we grow in our Christian life to become more like Jesus. So it's God's will that we grow in our Christian lives. But back over in chapter five, it's God's will that we give thanks. It's the will of God that believers give thanks. Now remember, this book of 1 Thessalonians was written to the believers in Thessalonica. Later, you might want to read about Paul's work in Thessalonica. It's in Acts chapter 17. It's in Acts chapter 17 on Paul's second missionary journey. And he had with him, uh, there was Paul and there was Silas and there was Timothy. And you know, he was over in Philippi. You remember that story where he got, got over in jail over in Philippi. And uh, that's, that's an exciting thing. But when he left Philippi, and I've been to Philippi twice. And you journey, the very next way you would go on a bus, <laughs> Paul didn't go on a bus, but the way you do it today, you'd go from Philippi, the very next town would be Thessalonica. It's a good little ride. Maybe, I'm, I'm guessing maybe 100 miles. So he left Philippi and went to Thessalonica. And the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 17 that on the Sabbath day, three Sabbath days in a row, the apostle Paul went to the synagogue and preached Christ. <laughs> you know, they wouldn't invite many evangelistic gospel preachers to synagogue today to preach Christ. Jewish people don't believe that Christ is a Messiah. Well, he goes and reasons with the people that Jesus is a Messiah and it caused an uproar. Because some of the people, especially some of the more wealthy women, were converted. They leave Judaism and embrace Christianity. And it caused an uproar, like a riot. And the Jewish people said, listen, we can't, we can't put up with this. We've got to get this guy out of town. And they literally ran the apostle. Well, they snuck him out at night. In Acts chapter 17, you ought to read that chapter. Uh, his friend said, look, if we don't get you out of here, they're going to kill you. So there he went. Thessalonica was the capital city of Macedonia. Paul's time had about 200,000 people. And so he's writing these believers this letter, both first and second Thessalonians. And he says in everything, give thanks. Now, you know, before you can, before you can give thanks, listen carefully, you've got to be thankful. Like you can't give something you don't possess. I can't give something I don't have. The reason I don't give each of you today is we leave saying, thanking you for being here on our Tuesday Bible lunch. You've been so faithful this year. And I want to give each one of you a $100 gift card to Papa Cedars as you go out the door. Well, well, I'm getting some excitement about that. Well, let me tell you, I can't do that because I don't have a hundred gift cards to Papa Cedars. So I can't give something away I don't have. I can't give anything I do not have. So if I'm not a thankful person, I can't give thanks. Now look at the verse again. It doesn't say in everything, be thankful. It says in everything, give thanks. But you can't give thanks if you're not 
first a thankful person. You can't give something you don't have. So you, you have to, first of all, be thankful. Now, this word thankful, we won't go into a bunch of Greek words, but, but the, the Greek word conveys the idea of having good feelings inside regardless of what you're going through. That's this whole idea. You know, we think about be thankful. It means that inside you have this feeling of gratitude, this feeling of thankfulness, no matter, no matter what is going on. For example, this is just a simple example, but like, like when we give to the church, we give our tithe and offerings to the church. Like I could say, well, I'm thankful that I do that. Well, I am. But inside of me, I feel good about that. We gave to the Harvest Day offering. That's a special thing we do once a year in the church. Okay. I, I remember, Dottie and I finally decided what we felt like we should do. And when we did that, like, I mean, like to give away money and feel good about it uh, is a, is a great thing, you know, like to give away money. You know, God loves a cheerful giver, you know. I mean, some people just don't like to give. Let me ask you, don't you enjoy giving? I mean, really, really, there's a joy in giving. You know, there's joy in giving things. Um, and some people maybe miss out on that, but, but I'm just saying that's his whole idea. If I'm thankful about it, I enjoy I really, Dottie and I yesterday, we, we, we were busy trying to get ready for the staff Christmas party and then we've got the minister assistant thing coming up. And then we've got other things coming up. And we were, you know, we were doing a little work yesterday, kind of getting some gifts together for this and that and yonder. And as, as we were doing that, like, and like in this one place that, you know, they, they, we, I paid the bill and I thought, I'm just, I'm just kind of glad to do this. I feel good about this. I'm thankful for all the blessings I have, and I'm glad to give to others. So that is the whole idea of that. Now, what makes this verse difficult? Look at it with me carefully. Is the first two words, in everything, in everything, give thanks. And that word, everything, it, it, in its original language, it, it conveys the idea of in every detail, in every circumstance it comes, whether they, be, whether they be good or whether they be bad, whether they be something you wish had not happened, whatever it may be, it just includes every detail of life. And the, the truth of the matter is thankfulness is a choice. We, we really choose whether we realize it or not to be thankful. And the choice is very simple. The choice is whether we want to obey God, whatever we're going through in life, focusing on what's good, or whether we instead, whether we realize it or not, we disobey God, focusing on whatever we're going through, the bad. It might be the same thing. You look at something that happens, you say, well, I see a lot of bad with this. Well, if you do that in the flesh, that's how you'll think all the time. But if you do that in the spirit, even though these things are, you, you can't put your hand ahead in the sand and, and deny reality. But you look at something and you say, great day in the morning. You know, I, I, this is something I hope would not happen. It's just, so you'd put it in the bad category. But if you're in the spirit, even though that all be true, you see some good going on in this thing and know that some more good will come out. It's that old battle between the flesh and the spirit. 
You know, if you read Romans chapter 7, you know, Paul said, what I don't want to do is what I do. What I, uh, what I want to do is what I don't do. There's this tug of war. We're both flesh and spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit as believers living in us to give us strength and ability to let spirit uh, defeat flesh. But if we are not filled with the spirit, then the flesh is going to beat the spirit. And all we're going to do is focus on the bad. So what we do, what we should do is ask God. I've learned this. I said, okay, I'm going through this thing. This didn't work out like I thought. Now, God, uh, I, I want you to help me see some good in this. And sometimes it's a long time before you see it. And sometimes in this life, we may never see it. But out there one day, uh, it'll be clear as a bell. And so we look forward to that. You know, Dr. Abraham John is, is uh, kind of my, uh, uh, whatever you call him, he's your doctor. Now, I've got downtown, I have, you know, the Bakey Heart Institute, and I have MD Anderson, and we've got, Dr. Sutton, a urologist, but my general doctor is Dr. Abraham John, and I'm very pleased with him. Uh, I remember when I first went to him, because a lot of our members go to him, and John had been to him a time or two for some things, and I went over, and my doctor was kind of semi-retiring, and I said to Dr. John, I was there to get some shots for something, and I said, you know, Dr. John, I really, my doctor's, my, my my internist is, is, is kind of semi-retiring. I really need to get a doctor so if I get COVID or get the whatever, I can, you know, have a doctor here. He said, you may not want me for your doctor. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, you need to understand my philosophy of medicine. I said, well, what is your philosophy of medicine? He said, number one, I don't give medicine unless absolutely necessary. I said, check me off on that one. I said to myself, he said, number two, I encourage you, don't come see me unless you need to, because if you do, you'll be around a bunch of sick people. I thought, well, I like that. He said, number three, don't go to the hospital unless they take you in an ambulance. I said, well, doc, sign me up. You're going to be my doctor. Well, anyway, now if you need medicine, he does give you medicine, okay, but he's not one of these people always trying to give you all this medicine. But it's an interesting thing about Dr. John. You go to visit him, and you go in the examining room, and he'll come in, and I generally say, and I've, I've heard him say this over and over to other people. If you say, well, Dr. John, how are you doing today? He always says the same thing, blessed. Sometimes he's wordy. He says, I'm blessed. But he always says blessed. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, I'm not blessed or I wouldn't be here. But, but, I, but, I, but I mean, I, that, you know, I, I got thinking about that, Blessed. Well, I was thinking about that this morning. I thought, you know, Dr. John's got this thing figured out. That's, that's a, I, I mean, I believe he means that. He said, I, I'm blessed. Okay. Uh, now, as you think about that, I, I was thinking, well, you know, when people say, well, how are you doing? Now, I was always raised to say, fine, how are you? Uh, I think maybe a better thing for me, it might be to say, if you think about it, it might be for you to consider somebody says, well, how are you doing? Say, I'm thankful. Aren't we thankful really? Yeah. I mean, if you stop and think about the whole thing, we do it in Thanksgiving, do it in November. We think a lot about, I mean, everything in 2023 has not been maybe for most of us, what we'd call what, it, what we'd hoped it might be in some ways. But the, but the big picture is it, we are a blessed people. Could I have an amen to that? <laughs> Let me give you an example as Reese's yesterday. 
Now, I've got to, I got to tell this story right, but it's just so new from yesterday. I saw the very thing I'm trying to teach today before my eyes yesterday. Dottie, that's my wife, if you're a visitor, has had to have some cancer removed in the lower part of her leg. Now, you know, she had lymphoma. That's a whole nother deal with chemo. This is not that. She's had melanoma on her face, and we had that surgery. Then she had the same situation up here over her eye, which we thought was, and it was because of where it was, was bad, but it worked out good. We had that surgery. And then she had a thing over here on her neck later, and we had that surgery. So then they find that she's got this cancer in her leg. And they said, well, you know, we've got, we'll get that. We'll take it out. And we thought, we thought, God and I thought, well, this is just going to be a snap, the leg. I mean, that's going to be so much better than the side of your face, your eye, your neck, your arm. Now we're down into the leg. So she has the surgery two weeks ago, uh, yesterday. And, um, you know, it's just a day deal. But when we got into the thing during the surgery, and, and I, they let me stay right, I was in the room while this thing's going on. Right in the middle of the surgery, the surgeon said, Now, this is going to be a slow recovery. I'm sitting over in a chair thinking, What does she mean a slow recovery? Man, this is a little thing down here on your leg. She said, There's not much skin at the lower part of a person's leg. And then she said, Especially as we get older. Well, that kind of hacked Dottie off when she said that. I, <laughs> I think Dottie began to react in the flesh there a little bit, but she, she said, um, I said, well, doctor, how long, what kind of recovery you told me? She said, well, you got to understand when you do, your blood goes down and we're not sure these stitches are going to hold. So we're going to have to do the best we can, but, but this thing's going to go on like she won't be fully over this for three to four months. I'm thinking three or four months, my gracious. What, we should have postponed the surgery. Well, be that as it may, we go back yesterday. And in our mind, you know, you always, especially people like Dottie that lives in a fantasy world, she, she decided she was going to be the exception to the healing process. And so we were going yesterday to have this thing removed. They've got it all wrapped up. It's like, kind of like a soft cast-like thing. It's two different things. What you see on the outside is one thing, but under that there's another. And it goes all the way up right to her knee, all the way down. So she was convinced yesterday that uh, when they took this thing off, the doctor was going to say, my gracious, this thing is ahead of time and, and, and you just need to be careful. And, 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 and well, we took it off and it's, it's doing great. I mean, in fact, the doctor says it's doing real good. said, now what are we going to do today? We're going to put some stuff more here. We're fixing to put this thing back on you again. And you come back next Monday and we're going to take it off just because it needs changing to keep it clean. And then you'll come back in the next week. And I could see Dottie thinking, man, this wasn't what we had in mind here. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll decide if we're going to try to take these stitches out. Well, you know, we got in the car. It was about, the appointment was at 8 o'clock. We were back in the car about 8.45. And I saw Dottie do exactly what I'm teaching today. Here's what she said. She said, well, we've got we've to have a discussion on how we're going to tell the family about this. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, we've got to tell them what we're going to tell them. 
I said, well, what do you mean what are we going to tell them? And she said, well, there's just a lot of good things about this. And she just starts naming all these good things. The stitches didn't come out. It's not believed. She just named this array of good things. And she was so excited about this whole thing. She was just so thankful for the good report. And I'm sitting back there thinking, my gracious, I got to buy the groceries two more weeks. <laughs> like I'm over here in the flesh. I did say to the doctor, can she drive the car at all? And she said, well, yeah, maybe as far as your house to the church, but that's about it. I thought, well, that's okay because H-E-B is between my house and the church. So she, but then she said, but she can't walk much in the store. And I thought, I don't get it. I don't get it. But the point is, she was just focusing all the good things, telling me how, and she was just in the best spirits. And I thought, now, by Jove, I need to be more like that because I'm sitting in the same car, heard the same thing, and I'm somewhat discouraged with it. And she's all fired up over it. And here I am telling you about it. So uh, pray for me and thank the Lord for her. <laughs> Father, it's just a matter of how we see things. God has said it well, and how we've got to figure out how we, what we're going to tell the family. I thought, well, you know, tell them what the doctor said. Well, she did, but she told them all the good part, and it is good. It's healing. It will get well. We're thankful that's out. But, Lord, that's just a little something that happened yesterday, but all of us have things happen, God. And many times, at the moment, I don't see much good. But if we'll just let the Spirit guide us to see how blessed we are to live where things can be done for us, where we have help and resources to help us. God, I pray that when things happen in our lives that aren't what we would call good, I guess we'd call them bad. God, help us see them with spiritual eyes to see how God is always with us, whatever we go through, always meeting our needs. God, I thank you for Tuesday Bible Lunch. I thank you this year that it's been a great year here, God. I pray your blessings on each one here. I pray the angels will protect them as they journey about during Thanksgiving and Christmas. I pray, God, you'd protect us from germs and illness. And just may this be a good Thanksgiving and Christmas season is my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.